the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to another edition of Come Together San Diego. And man, oh man, do we have a show for you I have a friend in the studio who is a, not only a, a, has the doctorate and all the, with, with all the letters behind his name, he doesn't even brag about that at all. They just happen to be there. His name is Clayton Ford. I, I don't even, I'm not used to calling him, calling him Dr. Clayton Ford, but hey, Clayton. Hi, how you doing, Kath? <laughs> so, to be with you. It's a pleasure. Clayton is a guy who, when, when Holy Spirit stirs him on a certain topic, he doesn't go, okay, in passing. He goes, okay, let's dig into it. What do you have to say about that? So one of the topics that God has been stirring him about, especially with where we are on God's time clock today, mm. is eschatologically what happens about the rapture, as in being taken out, what happens during tribulation times, and what happens in preparation for the return and ruling and reigning with our Lord and Savior, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, for a thousand years. Clay, I know this has been uh, stirring you, and there are a lot of people that have different perspectives on this, and you wanted to give some Bible truths and insights about this. Tell us a little bit about, quickly about you, and let's kind of dive into the topic and why you're stirred to teach on this, the topic of the rapture. (laughs) Well, I'm not someone who is generally focused on that. I've yes. been a pastor for decades, and and uh, I'm not someone who's focused a lot on those things. I've had my beliefs. But as you look around today and you see what's going on in our world, I mean, it's, it's a little different, isn't it? I mean, you've got Man. a spirit of lawlessness, uh, Spreading on and, one side is lawlessness, and the other side is, is, is extreme legality. Yeah, and you, God wants us to find His His balance in all that, of this. That's right. You've got just you know look at some of the current trends, developments, uh, future possibilities in our country and in our world that are being thrust upon us uh, at lightning speed. There's so many startling changes spiritually, politically, socially, medically, morally, religiously, technologically. It goes on and on. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize something is different. I think for the first time in my life, I have felt like the difference between a pre-trib position and a post-trib position isn't just theological preferences or points of view. I mean, you've got people that believe different things about it. Um, but it's, it's come to, to me to believe it's possible that we're approaching those times that Jesus was talking about. Yes. And he did a lot more teaching about preparing to endure than he did preparing to escape. Oh, that's so good. And, and I thought, you know, the body of Christ needs to be prepared to endure. Yes. We have been taught by, you know, the, uh, 
book series, left behind series, yes. those kinds of things, and the different movies and the you know all kinds of things that go back to the seventies. Hal yes. Lindsey, late great sure. planner. That that's just kind of the expectation. Not all over the world, but in, at least in the United, in the United States, States, absolutely, they were going to be taken out before the troublesome that's times. That's right, and so people don't don't think about it. But what if? Now you know? I'm with you. See what if? What if? See I, I'm going to tell you what I believe right up front. I believe the Bible explicitly teaches that the rapture of the church happens at the second coming of Christ after the tribulation period. I'm going to try to prove that to you now right. today. So I hope you'll get your Bible. Be That's like right. the Bereans in the book of Acts. They checked out what Paul taught to see if what he was teaching was true. That's what I'd like you to do. So please get your Bible. Yes, yes, yes. My listening friend, I want to set the stage for this because I tell you, I've seen Clayton's outline, but I've also read he's done 10 different entries in Facebook, and they are detailed, and let's just say he's— uh, delved into Scripture pretty solidly. So this is something, here's the deal. You know, when we used to think about the rapture, you know, we should say it was going to be happening uh, years, decades, millennia, centuries from now. We don't need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But as, as Clayton says, what if, what if these times are upon us now and you have your whole faith based on being taken out of troublesome times right. rather than having God use you in the midst of it? That's right. So that that's where we are, and and I think you know, as Bible teachers and lovers of God, our obligation is to you know help you receive all things with the readiness of of mind, and for you to search the Scriptures daily to see if these things are true. This is in Second Timothy three sixteen. It talks about that, and then you know Clayton used another Scripture about uh, in the Book of Acts: receive all things with readiness of mind. Uh, and then search the scriptures daily to see if these things are shown. So That's we've got right. about four minutes or so in this segment. We're, set, right. we're setting this up. Before I hand it off to you, I want to give you, my listening friend, I want to give you a, a broad brushstroke of where we just might be. In fact, I, I say just might be to give you a little bit of grace there, but I believe we're in the thick of these times. You know, the scripture in the Olivet Discord talk, talks about, it's, it's called uh, Matthew 24. I'm just going to read something to you here. You know, there's a time when the abomination of desolation is revealed and the Antichrist sits in the temple. Of course, the temple has to be built for the Antichrist to be uh, sitting there. But you know something that's going on in the peace discussions right now uh, with Israel and the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and Egypt and Jordan and Bahrain and all these different, Ornan and all these different places, these discussions are to bring the Arab and the Jew together, and they're very close to shaking a hand and writing a document. When that document happens as a peace treaty, then there's a scripture that I want to read to you here, and and it's in in, um, Matthew 24, uh, 15 and 16. I'm just going to read through this briefly because I want to give Clayton a little bit of time to set the stage for what he's about to uh, present to you mm-hmm. in a feast and a meal. But do not read this with, with your, your eyes only, but take a pen in hand. And I want you to be writing notes as well. But in the Olivet Discord, Discourse, excuse me, in uh, Matthew 24, verses 15 and 16, it says, And then there shall be the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in the holy place. Okay, that's the Antichrist. Now listen to this. Then let them who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let him which is in the housetop uh, not come down, 
and but take his good, and he wants you to go to the mountains and protect yourself. This is this is a tribulation time frame, and you notice the scripture talks about Judea. Where's Judea? Judea is in the west bank of Israel. Do you know the most contended area right now is Jerusalem and the west bank and the Jordan Valley? And as soon as the peace process takes effect then um, some decisions are going to be made. And the people right now in the settlements uh, of Judea, which would be the West Bank area, the Jews that are there, uh, they are going to, when the peace agreement comes in, you know, the scripture says, when they cry peace, safety, then sudden destruction shall befall them. These are the times right now. So I'm looking, I'm watching the peace process. I'm going, we're so close to the initial handshakes of a peace process. Could this be it? Yes, it could be it. And if that's the case, then we need to be prepared for what God has in store. Mm. And if we're thinking we're going to be taken out before the tough times really mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. we need to rethink that. So we've got about two minutes left in this segment. I just wanted to set the stage okay. for you, my friends. Well, thank you. So, yes. so Clayton, well, give us a couple-minute overview, and then we'll jump into a commercial break and come right back. Well, I just want to say that this is not an issue that should divide Christians exactly. like fellowship or uh, you know anything like that because I some of my best friends are pre-tribulation rapture and I just can't believe they think that way and I'm sure they think that way about me <laughs> I'm going to show you why I think that way but the, the reason this is important to me and and is uh you know I think the the ones that I know that are pre-tribulation rapture the ones that I know personally are deep enough in their faith that it, <clears throat> if it goes if, the other way, if it goes the other way, <laughs> they're not going to turn away from Christ. But what about some of the people that that the pre-trib doctrine is so inextricably bound up yes. in their understanding of the Christian faith that that uh, if that doesn't happen, they'll be yeah. shaken and they won't know what to do. And, and all of a sudden, they're in the thick of dangerous times without any yeah. armor. And what about the people that they witness to? Oh my and make that a part of it. You watch and see, we're going to get raptured out of here. What happens if they don't get raptured out and the friends they've been witnessing to see the Antichrist? It's pretty clear who that, you know, what's going to happen with that. And uh, they're going to go, well, if that's not true, if I didn't get raptured, then none of it's true. So that's where it becomes important. You know, truth matters. And where do we get to understand the truth? We get it from the scriptures. In this next segment coming up, after our break here. In the next segment, I'm going to share with you uh, some tools that will help you tremendously understand how to how to evaluate uh, scriptures for yes. doctrines, that kind of thing. I'll show you. Yes. Uh, Dr. Clayton Ford, he's been kind enough to agree to spend between now and 7 o'clock this evening on Come Together San Diego uh, X excavating the scripture and giving you some scriptures. You need to pay close attention to this because, as Clayton said, what if— what if these things are true? And we'll also talk about why God would allow us to go through these times. It's not for punishment. It, he's equipped his kids to do m- amazing things. So it's not bad news. It's good news if you look at it that way. He, but, lo- he loves people. <laughs> he loves people. We will be his ambassadors. Yes. And we're going to talk more about this. I know you can hardly wait when Clayton Ford and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. 
said that right, announcer. Here is Kaz Taylor. But not only here is Kaz Taylor, here is Clayton Ford, or as we say, Dr. Clayton Ford, at a tremendous topic. We've launched into something. Clayton, I know you're excited to share this. Absolutely. But would you be just a little patient for me? Because I, sure. I need to tell the people a little bit more about you. Okay. My friend, uh, Clayton is the uh, national co-director of the Holy Spirit Renewal Ministries. He also has... Uh, blog things and, and uh, other website-related things that have uh, information. In fact, you actually did a fairly well-excavated to- this topic on, uh, people can find that on ClaytonFord.net, isn't that right? Right. Yes. Okay. All 10, all 10 posts that I did on that, yes. Yes. Okay, well, I, I said during the break, I said, can I, he was sharing, sharing me a, with me a scripture. I said, can I steal that, just that thunder? I just need a little thunder so I can hand it off to the, to the big dog. <laughs> and so this is a scripture we, we alluded to in the very beginning of the, the first segment, and that is in Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 2, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Be- right. And the whole issue there is we don't have to show ourselves approved unto anybody else. It's between God and us when we get face-to-face with him. We That's can't say, right. Clayton told me this. He's going to say, what do you know? What do you have? Right. And uh, mm-hmm. how, how do you and I interact? And it's not, somebody told me. Th-. No, it's a matter of you have to not only, but you need to hear the things that people say, and you need to process it, right. and you embrace what is good and righteous and holy, and what Holy Spirit says, take this, and the stuff that's chaff, you go, well, let's set it on a shelf and we'll see later on. Mm-hmm. So our, our calling is to study to show ourselves approved. Clayton has been stirred to help you study in the right direction, and I'm handing the baton over to you, Clayton Ford. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kaz. You know, if, if we're earnest Christians, which we are, we know that the scriptures are authoritative in our lives. I wrote down this. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It reveals to us his heart, his mind, his will and ways, his truth, the good news of his son, our Savior, Jesus yes. Christ. You know, how do we, how do we uh, know how to use the Bible when it comes to doctrines? How do we evaluate what, what scriptures, yes, uh, let me just interject here. I realize, you know, we're listening. This, people are going to be driving on, uh, on in the car or wherever. Right. So they may not have even heard the first segment. So we just need to say what Clayton is going to be talking about is what if this rapture thing that we know something about doesn't actually happen before the tribulation times happen, but what happens if it happens afterwards that we get to see the Lord? So so this is vital right now. So I, yes. I wanted to hand it back to you this on that. This is vital because we're going to talk about how to understand what the Bible actually teaches. Uh, one of one of the principles of interpretation is learning what is the historical context. You can get a good study Bible or commentary, and it answers the questions: who, what, when, why, where, who wrote it, and so on. The main the main principle I want to teach you today is one that has helped me tremendously through the years, and I call it the doctrine test. Mm-hmm. The doctrine test. Basically, <clears throat> what is the doctrine test? It's a way of evaluating. Biblical support for doctrines. It asks and seeks to answer three questions about the scriptures that we use as a basis for doctrines. First, are they explicit scriptures? Explicitive. Yes. Explicit. The second is is implicit. I'm going to explain them in a minute. And the third is speculative. Now, explicit scriptures that support doctrines. Uh, let's take the doctrine of, of Christ died for our sins. That is taught explicitly by yes. a number of passages all throughout the yes. Gospels and elsewhere. 
Christ rose from the dead, explicitly taught. There's no question. He rose from the dead, yes. and it's repeated over and over. And if, you're do- and if your doctrine in your church doesn't embrace that, my friend, you need to steer away from those people because they're not embracing the explicit truth of Scripture. That's right. A lot of people use Scripture like a magic eight ball. You know, you remember those things? <laughs> yeah. oh, Probably I do. showing my age, but does she love me? Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's like they open the Bible up, uh, Lord, speak to me. Judas went and hanged himself. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I better look again. Or Jesus wept. What you do, do quickly. You know. So, oh, see, Bible is not meant. To, it says study to show yourself That's approved. Good. It's not meant to be just pop it open and wherever it lands. Um, and so we have to study to show ourselves approved. So what the Bible teaches explicitly, we know we can build doctrines on that. Then you've got I- implicitly what the Bible teaches implicitly. It's clearly proved from Scripture, uh, but it doesn't say it in those words. For example, the full humanity and deity of Jesus Christ. He's fully God and fully man. Uh, That's a doctrine that has weeded out heresies from the beginning of the church. Uh, It's implicit there. It's easy to prove. The same is true of the Trinity. There's one God who exists in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Easy to prove from Scripture. Jesus yes. is God. He was worshipped. He allowed himself to be worshipped. The Holy Spirit's the Spirit of God. Yes. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We know there's one God. So and so we can build doctrines on explicit and implicit. Yes. The third is speculative, where a passage of Scripture, you read it, and it could mean this, and it could mean that. It could mean something else. It's okay to speculate, but it's not okay to build a doctrine on speculation. Let me give you an example. Uh, <clears throat> Taken 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to look at this passage in greater depth in a little while, but it talks about the restrainer. Now, Paul said, you know, I told you about these things while I was with you, but he didn't tell us about it, so we can only guess. We can only guess what he meant by the restrainer. Um, there are about 30 views of that, and there are three, three major views. Uh, one is like governmental authority, the Roman Empire, or uh, government authority in general. Another one is uh, the Holy Spirit. And another one is uh, the Archangel Michael. Those are mm-hmm. three prominent theories of who the restrainer is or what the restrainer is. Again, I'll get to that in a minute. But because we don't know precisely, either explicitly or implicitly, we can't prove it from Scripture we can't build a doctrine on that. Yes. So when we when we evaluate passages of scripture by the doctrine test, it is amazing how many weird doctrines they get just out. go by the way, so they yes, get yes. weeded out. That's I have right. a question there. Sure. I, I have a question, Dr. Ford, yes. Dr. Clayton. Absolutely. Now, it seems to me that you have to have in your mix of doctrine, you have to have enough explicit scriptures and uh, what the other one was... Implicit. implicit scriptures easily to, proven easily proven to make to stand on something that you believe right. but now there may be people that are bible teachers they they use a speculative scripture but they say oh yeah but i have 10 of them but 10 uh, speculative scriptures are still speculative that's right if you're building a house <laughs> on cards you know they're if like like tentative bricks it may or may not be true so you can't build it on top of something oh man that that isn't true and there there are so many 
teachings like that that you hear on the radio and different places. Oh, not, of course, this channel, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, where people use ex- speculative teaching. We're gonna sh- I'm going to show you how many scriptures there are that actually teach explicitly oh my. that the rapture of the church takes place at the second coming of Christ. Do we have time to start with one of those now? We or? do, but let me give you okay, a, a forewarning here, my friend. What The reason that, that Clayton and I are spending so much time on this is the times are vital now, they are and, and we need to know where we stand with the Lord and that the likelihood of him giving us the baton and say, take this and run with it or, you know, go into these troubled, difficult times and share who I am with other people. That's the reason behind it. It's not to punish us. It's to empower us. Absolutely. You so know, we've got about a couple of minutes here, so go ahead and launch into the next portion. Okay, well, let's just, let's just apply the doctrine test then to, uh, to one of the major passages of Scripture, uh, Matthew 24, where Jesus is talking about <clears throat> the, the tribulation. We'll look at 24... Verses 29 to 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, Mm. the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now, no one disputes this is the second coming. Oh, my. He will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds. The second coming of Christ, with all, you know, when people talk about the rapture, they say it's secret, it's invisible, there are no, you know, suddenly all the Christians disappear. Well, that couldn't be this, because there'll be a trumpet, loud trumpet mm. call. The angels with a you know will come, and there'll be power and great glory, and every tribe will see him. Ooh. So that's not nothing secret about yeah. that. And there's nothing speculative about that scripture. It's no, very that is clear. explicit. That yes. is explicit. We are caught up. We are raptured. We are gathered. Now I'll tell you about the the word rapture in the next segment. Yes, yes. But but you, uh, you know one of the things that strikes me as you yes. read that it the scripture says. Uh, after the tribulation of those days. So, I mean, I mean, how, how clear can that be, after the tribulation of those days? There it is. There <laughs> it is. That's why it's explicit. That's right. And he uh, comes after the tribulation, and ooh. he gathers the elect. Ooh. And, but the good thing is he's, he entrusts us to use this wisely because he's got big plans for his church, not just sitting back cowering or hiding under a rock somewhere. He's got big plans for us. So Clayton and I are going to talk about those mm-hmm. things as he continues his proof text. Now, for those few of you who are thinking, well, the elect means the Jewish believers in the end times. I'm going to get to you later. I'm going to get to you later. Is your pencil sharpened? Because uh, Clayton Ford and I, (laughs) we're going to be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. 
Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Boy, oh boy, we've got a topic for you today. You're probably already glued to your seat and got your ink pen or pencil in hand or maybe even what we, you know, it's a new invention. It's called a keyboard. <laughs> so you're probably paying close attention, and I hope you are. And I, we're with uh, Dr. Clayton Ford, and he's the national co-director of the Holy Spirit Renewal Ministries, and you can find out more about him by just going to ClaytonFord.net. But the topic is in, 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 it's encouraging, but it's also enthralling, and it's what happens about the rapture, when does that happen, and what do we have to do uh, to not only prepare for it, but, but to embrace it, because God is using these things uh, to not only inspire you, his current church, but the church he's had written in that book for, uh, you know, since the beginning of time. And part of that is our task to bring them closer to him. So so going through mm-hmm. a tribulation time is not necessarily a bad thing because God goes, these are my chosen people for this time, for this hour, for mm-hmm. this day to do these things. Wow. So, so Clayton, uh, continue your thought here because m- many of us have embraced the, we're going to be taken out before the troublesome uh, tribulation times, but what happens if that's not the case? We need to not only know that, but be prepared, because God's got big things in store to us and through us. Clayton Ford. Thank you, Kaz. (laughs) Yeah, while you were talking about that and what we've hoped for and expected in our our culture, uh, it's not like that in other parts of our world where they've been experiencing Yes, tribulation, persecution, martyrdom. Yeah, but what about the Jews? Even now, yeah, Yeah. yes, and the Jews too. Um, Before we get back to looking at some other scriptures uh, and evaluating them by the doctrine test, just for the benefit of those who may not know where the term rapture came from, it's a Latin word from rapio, which is a translation of the Greek New Testament word harpazo, meaning to be caught up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this refers to the description found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, where, which we're going to look at in just a moment. We're going to evaluate what it says about the rapture and when it happens. But in that, in that particular passage, is a passage of Scripture, it, it talks about uh, that we will be caught up together with them. When, G, you know, when Christ comes, we who are alive will be caught up. Uh, the the harpazo, but we you know from the Latin rapio, which means caught up. So that's where the word rapture came from. Now it's become a popular word used to refer to the experience of Christians being caught up to meet the Lord when He comes for His church. Some Christians believe the rapture happens secretly, not visibly. Uh, they also believe it'll take place prior to what's known as the Great Tribulation period. But I am intending to prove to you from Scripture, yes. not from anything else, from Scripture that the rapture of the church happens after the tribulation period at Christ's second coming. Let's not go by charts or what books That's or right. movies you may have seen right. or heard or speculation. Or read. That's, yeah, there's a lot <laughs> of speculation out there. So, again, we're pl- applying the doctrine test. We just did that with Matthew 24, uh, verses 19 to 31 that explicitly taught that after the tribulation, Christ returns and gathers the elect. Now, this scripture from 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 to 18, please get your Bible and go along with me. I want you to compare that with Matthew 24, 29 to 31. 
because they're they're clearly talking about the same mm-hmm. event. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord. The Greek New Testament word for coming is parousia. Uh, or some call it parousia, but it's the same word used in Matthew 24, the coming of the Lord, the second coming of Christ. This will not precede those who have fallen asleep, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, no secret there, is it? No invisible thing. Cry of command, the voice of an archangel, mm-hmm. sound of the trumpet. trumpet. Doesn't that sound like so Matthew 24? Yes, cast? it does. It does. And the dead in Christ will rise. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together to meet them in the, in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. So we'll always be with the Lord. Now, let's evaluate that. This passage is one of the most widely used to support the view the rapture precedes the second coming. And yet there's nothing in that passage that talks about the rapture preceding the second coming. You've got the cry of command, the voice of the archangel, the sound of the trumpet. Uh, There's no biblical justification to think these are two different events. My. This is explicit. It's the same thing. Um, let's, Let's look at another one. In first in Second Thessalonians one verses five through ten, again we're looking at what does the Bible teach explicitly, explicitly implicitly, implicitly. We're not going by, by speculation. speculation. We're not. My. So here's what Paul wrote in Second Thessalonians. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you're suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay. With affliction, those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted, as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. They'll suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints. Now let's evaluate this. By the doctrine test, what's explicit? <clears throat> Here's another passage that's inescapably explicit. When will God ex- afflict those who afflict his people? The Bible says, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven. Mm-hmm. When will God grant relief to his children who are being reflected, afflicted? When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven. Oh my. When will those who reject God and the gospel suffer eternal destruction? When he comes on that day. When will Jesus be glorified in his saints? When he comes Comes on that day. day. Oh, come on. The day that Christ is revealed from heaven is clearly visible, referring to his second coming. He's coming with mighty angels in flaming fire. Oh, my. At which time he will comfort his followers and deal with his enemies. My, my, my. It would be purely speculation, nothing but to say that it was at any other time because that is explicit. Yes. Can I? Here's a speculative yes. view in retort yes. in defense against what you said. Okay. But God is so loving, God would not allow his kids to go through these hard times. But if you step back and look at it, he's been allowing his kids to go through challenging times since the beginning of time 
obviously, but what's the purpose for him to educate them so they could be victorious in the middle of it? So, you know, oh, no, the, 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 the tribulation, God's going to spare us from this because God's a good God. I mean, that's speculative. I, and it's not to say he's not a good God, but you're defining good differently than how God may want to define it. We've got about two or three minutes in this segment, Clay. Because God is a good God. He so loved the world that he gave his only son. <laughs> yes. God demonstrates, Romans 5, 8, and this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died yes. for us. Yes. In John chapter 17, looking for that reference, in John chapter 17, uh, Jesus says, I don't pray that you take them, take them out, out of, of the, the world. world. Oh. Why not? Because he wants them to be saved uh-huh. and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Yes. That's why he sent Jesus, because he loves us. That's why he's going to have his followers in the tribulation period to shine his light as his ambassadors so as many people as possible can come to know him. That's right. You know, as I look back at this and I look at the the danger things that are happening, that are just about ready to happen, we're seeing precursors to that with COVID and other things and and rioting and things like that. These are just simply precursors. Things are going to get more challenging, but the truth of the matter is God has prepared us and empowered us to show his light in the midst of this. That's the thing, one of the components that's going to draw many people to him. Please. It is. It is. So we've got about time for us to go to the break and uh, what are we going to deal with in the next section? We're going to talk about uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 through 8. We're going to talk about the restrainer, and we're going to talk about what does the Bible explicitly teach and how some people speculate concerning mm-hmm. the restrainer. Yeah, as way. in the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. they, they say the Holy Spirit is the restrainer, and when he's taken out, how can the church still be here? I mean, yeah, I, we're, I, gonna, I, we're going to deal with that. We're oh, I love it. that in this next segment. <laughs> My listening friend, <laughs> I hope you're, you're listening intently because God's given— this man, some anointing for you to be able to uh, drink in. and it, But it's got to be your decision. It's not because Clay, Clayton told me this or because any other Bible teacher told you this. This is between you and the Lord. You, you have to study to show yourself approved unto God. So we're going to talk more about this, and Clayton's going to get into the, the speculative things that other people say and show you uh, using his doctrine test mm-hmm. what's true and what is not true when Clayton Ford and Kaz come right back. All right. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. And I'm back with the remarkable Bible student and teacher, Clayton Ford, or as we say, when you see him, you can say, hey, doctor, he'll go, don't you dare call me doctor, because he's just a guy like the rest of us, but he's a guy who loves Scripture just like many of you do. And we're on an uh, enthralling topic about uh, the rapture and being taken out. And my friend, many of you at least have some kind of a knowledge about that, and many of you uh, have heard people that uh, use speculation of Scripture to say, we're going to be taken out before the hard and troubled times. And uh, Clayton's here because God has stirred him to communicate about this using not speculation, but the actual scripture indeed. And so, Clayton, uh, it's time for you, I think, to apply some more of your doctrine test to some other scriptures and some other things you want to tie in. Clayton Ford. Okay, I'm going to get to that second, uh, second Thessalonians chapter uh, passage that I told, chapter two, I told you about. But first, I wanted to 
cover a couple of other scriptures just to show what the Bible explicitly teaches. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 and 52, Paul wrote, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Mm-hmm. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed yes. in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. The la- at the last trumpet. The last Explicitly trumpet. the last trumpet. The, not the fourth, right. fifth, or sixth, but the seventh, the last trumpet. For Come the on. the trumpet will sound, the dead <laughs> will be raised, and perishable, we shall be changed. So let's evaluate it. It's often cited as a verse supporting the pre-trib rapture, but how can that be yeah. since verse 52 says explicitly that our transformation happens at the last trumpet. The Greek word for last is eschaton, which means last, utmost, extreme. So how can this last trumpet refer to the next to the last trumpet, the trumpet seven yes. years before the last trumpet? Simply, seven years? Simply, Ooh. well, the doctor... I, I understand. I'm just saying it, seven years. It, There's... <laughs> it, it, if it's the last, it can't be the a pre-trib rapture. That does not prove it. Yes, yes. It dis, it, it's explicit that we will be transformed at the last trumpet, and we know that's when Christ returns. Yes. Uh, and one more before we go on to Second Thessalonians. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 2, where Peter's talking about the end times, and the scoffers, they're saying, where is the Lord's coming? Yes. He's been talking all about it. They'll, he says, they'll come in the last days scoffing, uh, don't overlook this one fact, he says, with the, with the Lord one day as is a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. The Lord is not slow uh, to fulfill his promise, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should, should perish, perish, but, but that all, all should reach to, repentance. Yes, yes. See, there's the heart of God. It, it, that's the heart of the gospel, the heart of God's heart cry to bring everybody unto him because right. he loves us all. But the day of the Lord, he continues, will come like a thief, and then the heavens yeah. will pass away with a roar, all the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. The earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Now listen, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, oh my. because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? Listen. He's warning Christians, he's warning believers, live godly, holy lives Yes. yes. And as you wait for this, because when this comes, everything's going to burn up and there'll be a new heavens and a new oh, yes, earth. Yes, yes, yes. And that's so, in, the, in the future, of course, but, but you know, there's a scripture that draws my attention. There's a scripture that says, Jesus said, occupy until I come. Occupy until so, I come. So, so the, whole, the whole intent is for us to keep doing his work until that, he takes us out. That's period. right. D- done deal. That's exactly right. So, so Peter is is explicitly saying that Christ's followers will be living on the earth as they wait for his second coming, at which time they'll be, you know, all that's going to come down. Yeah. You want to be ready. You want to mm-hmm. be right. He's not saying you guys aren't going to be there, so don't worry about it. Come on. He's saying. You better take God seriously because uh, this is no time to joke around. You know, this is no time to joke around, brothers and sisters. We've got to have we've got to have Christ in our hearts, and we have to be serious about this. Now, let's move on then 
to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 8. And this, this passage has to do with, with the second coming and the rapture and the restrainer. So uh, here it says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 1, and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by spirit or, or a spoken word or letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes, exalts himself uh, against every so-called God or object of worship and takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? We weren't there with him. (laughs) I wish we had heard of all that. He says, and you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And we can see that, can't we? Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed when the Lord Jesus will kill, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by his appearance. Now let's evaluate that. This is so clear. Yes, a lot of people use this errantly. They do. It says explicitly that the rapture happens at the second coming of Christ. Listen to this in verses 1-2. Christians will meet Christ and be raptured when he comes back, second coming, and he won't come back until the man of lawlessness, elsewhere called the Antichrist, mm-hmm. comes to power and deceives the world. The, Jesus will kill this man of lawlessness when he comes back. It's explicit. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, what is that? Second coming. And our being gathered to him, rapture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when he comes. That is not going to happen until after the man of lawlessness has done his evil thing. My, so it means that there's been a, there's a lot of acrobatics going on in eschatological teachers when they say this restrainer must be taken out of the way so that the man of sin can be revealed. But but and, and they say the restrainer's got to be the Holy Spirit. That well, means we got to be that we're going to be taken out. But the, all the scriptures you just that you yeah, just shared, is, which were explicit, thing. And, we've and just implicit. we've just seen like fifth or sixth scripture that explicitly teaches the raptures mm-hmm. at the second coming of Christ. And right here in the context of the restrainer, it says concerning his coming yes. and our gathering to him, that's not going to happen until the man of lawlessness. In other words, at the second coming, after the Antichrist has done his de- sure. evil deed, sure. Christ will come back. Yes, They take the restrainer and try mm-hmm. to make that trump yes. <laughs> more important uh Saying it's the Holy Spirit yes. make that more important than what than all the other stuff that was explicitly stated. there. You know, there's some. Pardon me for jumping in. I yeah. get excited about this topic, yeah. but I'm thinking about the book of Daniel. Remember the book of Daniel. Daniel had prayed, and uh, the angel uh, Michael was fighting against the enemy, yep. and Gabriel came to and said, uh, I'm going to go help Michael. And so, what's going to happen is he actually basically stopped the uh, the. The Prince enemy was Persia, res- restraining, right? The That's prison right. Persia was restraining, uh, was was st- stopping. Forces. Yeah, was was stopping yeah. uh, Michael and Gabriel to do their thing. Uh-huh. And so w- when when they they basically could take the 
the bad guy out of the way. They restrained him, basically. That's right. And so, so they are a restrainer in many ways, that, too. That, I, you could make a powerful case that wow. the restrainer is the Mike, Ar, Archangel Michael because My. he already restrained yes. the Prince of Persia Come on. so that Gabriel could get to Daniel <laughs> in answer to his yes. prayers. Another, another uh, possible is the Holy Spirit. That could be a possibility. Yes. Um, and another is governmental authority. The government... Is is a deterrent to sure. lawlessness. Well, so and in the United States, some of the cities like Seattle and Portland, <laughs> where the mayors and the governors have not taken authority over the lawlessness, that's right. You see what happens. Yeah. What, if, what if that spread across our whole country? Oh my my! What so if, you're saying the, the the there was it could have been it could have been governmental authority that which would would have restrained, but yeah, it my, could have my. been government. It could have been uh, Michael Ar- Archangel. Could be the oh, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit, but here's here's how it's been used to prove the pre-trib rapture. Yes, speculation number one: the Holy Spirit's the restrainer. That cannot be proven by Scripture. Right. So it's speculation. Speculation number one. Speculation number two: since it's the the restrainer is the Holy Spirit, he and he's taken out of the way. This has to mean the Holy Spirit must be taken out of the world. Does the Scripture teach that? No. And then speculation number three, since the Holy Spirit's taken out of the world, the church has the Holy Spirit. So that means the church has to be taken and out of the world. And that's speculation also. Number three, built on a <laughs> house of cards that collapses. We need to talk about this in, in the next segment, among other things. Can we do that? Absolutely. Because we're coming up against yes. a break. My listening friend, I, I hope your eyes are, look in the mirror, are your eyes wide open and dilated? Because Clayton Ford has given you some hefty truth here. And it's your obligation to study to show yourself approved unto God. Go back and dig Dig into the things that he's sharing with you. You want to find out a little bit more about that, you can go to ClaytonFord.net and dig into it there as well, not only here in the broadcast, but reading things as well. So Clayton and I are going to talk more about this when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. And welcome back to a riveting two hours on a topic, the topic which many of you would really need to know about, and that is the tribulation, the wrath, the rapture, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, especially if we're in the thick of these pending times or impending times right now, wouldn't it be great to have a working Holy Spirit-driven and Scripture-driven knowledge on these things rather than going, whatever happens, happens, and I'll just have to deal with it. No, God wants us to be wise. The Bible talks about being wise as a serpent and harmless as doves. Clayton Ford is with me excavating the scripture, and we're depending also not only on the written word, but Holy Spirit to kind of nudge us as we go. Remarkable uh, so far in the first hour, we ended the first hour talking about the um, restrainer and the restrainer being taken out of the way mm-hmm. and how this, this, the, you know, the speculation has been, well, if the restrainer, which is a whole, they say, which is the Holy Spirit, is taken out of the way, how the, can the church be here? But that's speculative because the scriptures that were right in with that talks about us going through the hard times as well. So I'm going to have you kind of close that thought and then enter it because you have so much more. You should see his papers in front of him right now. He's so much he wants to share. <laughs> so I'm going to hand, hand it off to you, Clayton Ford. By the way, you can find out more about Clayton Ford by going to claytonford.net. You can see some of these teachings 
things, and it will give you some written down stuff that you can actually dig into the scriptures and so forth. It's hard during a radio show to write all this stuff down. So Clayton, lay it on us. Thank you, Cass. Uh, just in the way of, of review, so you don't forget this, what <laughs> what we've been evaluating, we've been evaluating the scriptures by the doctrine test to yes. see which uh, doctrines are supported by by the scriptures. We've been looking at the second coming and the rapture, and basically the doctrine test is evaluating is this passage, does it say this explicitly, like the Christ died for our sins and Christ rose from the dead? That's explicit. Or the doctrine of the Trinity, easy to prove from Scripture, but not stated in so many words like, like the, he rose from the dead. And then speculation. And we've seen that you cannot build a doctrine on speculation. So I just want to re- review remind you how many passages have explicitly taught that the rapture of the church takes place at the second coming of Christ That's and right. not before it? We have looked at these with the doctrine test. We've looked at Matthew 24, verses 29 to 31, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, 2 Thessalonians 1, 5 to 10, 1 Corinthians 15, 15 51 and 52, 2 Peter 3, 2 through 4, 8, uh, 13. We've looked at Second Thessalonians 2, verses 3 to 8. All of these scriptures, I, I believe I've proven to you that they explicitly teach mm-hmm. that the second coming of Christ is when the rapture happens. Now, how did we get to believe the rapture precedes the tribulation period? Where did that come from? There has to be an explicit, you would think, sufficient explicit passages that disagree with these. That's right, because this is a very important topic. That's you you right. think God would say, this is important, I'm going to give it to you ten different ways. <laughs> so so to, take, to take like the restrainer built upon, as we showed in the last segment, speculation upon speculation upon speculation, to take that and to say that proves the pre-tribulation rapture. If mm. that's all you got, mm. we've got seven, what, how many scriptures? Eight scriptures that explicitly teach the raptures at the second coming of Christ. So how can we take a speculation and say Jesus was wrong, Paul was wrong, <laughs> Peter was wrong, and they all the teachers that teach right that were wrong as well. Because they taught explicitly yeah, I, what we're oh, oh, saying. On, you can't take a guess and change everything based on a guess. Yes. And that's what, that's what many have tried to do. Can, can I just make an observation yeah, here about the, about the church? Here's the danger of the church, and particularly the uh, North American church. We, mm-hmm. we don't understand the suffering that many of the other church people have gone through in the Middle East, in China, in other countries as well, you know, Iran and things like that. Africa. We, we, Africa. We don't understand the level of tribulation that they've all already experienced. For us to presume mm-hmm. that God is going to keep us from challenging things, uh, it's presumptuous at best, and uh, it's totally wrong at worst. Mm-hmm. So, w- w- you know, what makes us think that we are the, the pri- more privileged than the people that have been challenged in other places? God has a plan, and one of the things he wants all of his kids to do are to be good, buffed-out soldiers, spiritually speaking. Absolutely. Go ahead, Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, 
as we as we move forward, we we want to remember what we have established is explicitly taught. The rapture takes place at the second coming of Christ. We have not found a single scripture that teaches the rapture happens prior mm-hmm. to the second coming of Christ. Because I've been, you know, showing my age here a little bit. I've been reading the Bible <laughs> cover to cover a lot of times yes. for between 40 and 50 years. Yes. And I've never found a scripture that explicitly mm-hmm. teaches a pre-tribulation mm-hmm. rapture. I've seen charts. Yes. I've seen movies, heard books, read books, but never. And so we want to take that into account as we look at some of these other, other you know, like the book of Revelation. How yes. do we interpret the book of Revelation? Well, before we get into that, uh, we're going to a- try to answer the question that will lead us to the book of Revelation. Will Christians experience God's wrath during the tribulation period? <clears throat> will Christians experience God's wrath during the tribulation period? Now, in 1 Thessalonians, uh, there are a couple of passages of Scripture that talk about we're not destined to wrath. One of those is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, where Paul writes, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith has gone everywhere. Uh, they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we've had from you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Yes. Now, Paul has already written in this very same book about the about the uh, wrath, and, you know, the, the books of Thessalonians about the wrath and his second coming which will bring relief to the, the believers in Christ and judgment to those who do not. Uh, and another passage in that, and I'll explain them both here, but in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 7 to 11, for those who sleep, sleep at night, those who get drunk, drunk, drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, That's right. but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Evaluating that, yes, go ahead. I was just to say we have oh, about a minute oh, left. A minute so left, okay. Jump on in. Evaluating that, the Greek word for wrath is orge, and it's used where Paul talks about final judgment. It's not talking about the tribulation period here. We're not destined for wrath. Uh, we're, he, he has already explicitly taught in these two letters of Thessalonians that believers will, will be uh, raptured at the second coming of Christ. And so being destined, we're not destined for wrath, means that we're not destined to go to final judgment, uh, but we are destined to be saved through faith in Jesus Christ by the power of his shed blood on the cross. Cass oh, it, exactly, Hallelujah. exactly. You know, one of the things you know, I appreciate about Clayton, he's, he's a transparent guy, and he hears the Lord. One of the things that he wrote when he was doing this study is, you know, I'm, I may be wrong about, about these things. Your obligation is to take what I've given you, and he's giving you some immutable truths here, and it's your obligation to take, to take them, pray them, and weigh them, and then come up with that. You know, the Scripture talks about uh, we all look through a glass darkly, 
And but there's going to come a time where we're face to face, and all the revelation happens. So even though we have these scriptures, we want you to know that God is. You know, I don't. I don't write my doctrine in pen. I write my doc. It's uh, symbolically speaking. It's in pencil with an eraser close by because <laughs> I've had to erase so many different things mm-hmm. that I thought that I knew. Mm-hmm. I used to believe in pre-tribulation rapture. I used to believe in mid-tribulation rapture. I am now embracing the we have to go through this, mm-hmm. not for God uh, judging us, but for us to be able to be in the place uh, of restoration and salvation mm-hmm. be the ministers of God's salvation through our mouth and lifestyle in these troubled times to right. bring so many people unto him because he's not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance. And who's going to do that? He yeah. says, guess what, my child? Yep. You get to play a role in that. We've got about, actually, we don't have, we have zero time before we get into the okay. commercial break. So right. uh, that's just to tell you, my <laughs> friends, that Clayton and I, <laughs> oh my, we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Friends, <laughs> we're, right, we're digging through scripture right here, Clayton and I going, where is that scripture? I think it's in Revelation. And I say, oh, yeah, that's kind of, And then, you know, we. so we're just digging into the word. It's so much fun, isn't it, Clayton? Yes, it is. <laughs> and we do have a compelling topic for you, my friends. Uh, going through the tribulation and uh, being able to prepare those who would be members of his church for his coming as well. When he comes, he has the entourage of as many people as he can to come with him. So this is a remarkable thing, and, and, and Clayton wants to talk a little bit about the book of uh, Revelation. You know, that's the place, particularly in the early on chapters, it talks about the seven churches. And one of the churches is the Church of Philadelphia, and it says some very interesting things there. And he's going to apply his, uh, his, his doctrine test to these things as well. And we'll see what Scripture is talking about, and it's going to give you some interesting insights. Clayton, would you be so kind as to minister the Word to us? Thank you, Kaz. Getting into the book of Revelation, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 10 in a minute, and also look at the 144,000 and the multitude and (laughs) what those are. (laughs) But, you know, when you get to the book of Revelation, there's so many approaches ways of interpreting, schools of thought. You know, there's apocalyptic literature with all its numbers, symbols, types, creatures. You know, you got you got monsters, you got a dragon, horses. Oh, yeah. They're seals, not the kind in the water, or, but or, on a or. scroll. <laughs> and you got seven of those, trumpets and bowls each. You know, it can be really confusing. Yes. So I like to keep things pretty simple. Here's my brief introduction. <laughs> To the book of Revelation. Things are hard now, and they're going to get worse, a lot worse. But Jesus has this. He's coming back. So just hold on. Yes. Persevere. Keep on keeping on. Shine your light till the day you die or the day he comes back, whichever comes first. And no matter what happens, remember this. Jesus wins. Yes, yes. And, and if you're with, with Jesus. Him. Yes, 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 with yes, him. yes, 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 yes. We're with him now. Looking at that book, then, there are so many ways to interpret it. As a matter of fact, if you meet someone that thinks they have it all figured out, you probably don't want to hang around 
Too long. There's a scripture. I, I love it. It says, <laughs> any man who thinks that he knows a thing does not Ooh. know it as he ought to know it. That was written by Paul. And that is so true. We go around and go, I know these things. Just ask me. Well, if they think they know it, you need to be take a few steps back and just yes. see what they really don't know. That's right. Now, Paul talks, uh, he, write, he wrote letters to seven churches. And seven, of course, is a symbolic number mm. for whole and complete. So some think it's a letter to the whole church or the church of all time. It certainly has... Uh, it has it has relevance for churches like if a church has lost its first love, yes. it's the, the, the Ephesian church. Yes. You know, you've mm-hmm. lost your first love. The Smyrna, uh, hold on. We know what you've been through. Yes. Uh, the Church of Laodicea. Yes. You think you're you're rich and and you got no needs. Come on. Not knowing you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, mm. and naked. So these are specific letters written to specific churches but have relevance to churches that are going through those things That is so good. You're exactly it. Now, here's here's what he said to the Church of Philadelphia. Um, He said, I've set before you an open door. You know, it's that one. No one can shut the door. In verse 10, now this is a passage that's widely used to uh, support, and I believe wrongly used to support the pre-tribulation rapture. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently... I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Yes. Now let's remember again, just to remind you, we have like seven or eight explicit passages that say the rapture happens at the second coming of Christ. So are we going to take Revelation 3.10, whatever we think it might mean, yes. and use that to kind of disprove all the other all the explicit passages? Yes. Let me give you some things to think about related to that passage. Number one, is this a promise to the whole church or just the church that patiently endures? Because not all the churches patiently endure. True. Um, so is it just a promise to that particular church? It's not a church promise to the Laodicean church that was in danger of, of, of uh, you know, falling away completely. Um, uh, Jesus said, I wish I could spit you out of my mouth. Mm, Luke Wormers. Not about mm. that. So is it to the whole church or just to churches that patiently endure? Is the hour of trial possibly something other than the tribulation period? Some scholars believe it was final judgment that it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Others believe it was a worldwide period of testing prior to what Jesus described as mm-hmm. the great tribulation, something more immediate that they were facing. Uh, so that's a possibility. Again, weighing against all the explicit teachings. To use this one to to, dis, to try to disprove yes. all the other stuff that's yes. very clear. Yes. Even even if you allow, okay, that that's talking about the tribulation, even if you allow, okay, let's just say it's for all the church, even those that aren't enduring patiently, mm-hmm. even all the carnal yes. churches. Uh, there's a much better way of explaining yes. what happens during the tribulation period. Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 9, the Bible talks about God about to judge the unfaithful idolaters in, in Judah and Jerusalem. And he says, before you, before you bring judgment upon them, be sure to... Put my seal, the seal of God, mm. on their foreheads, on their foreheads. 
That's vitally important. Before you, before you do that, put the seal of God on their foreheads. That's so important. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 4 to 6. Touch no one on whom is the mark. Mm. We see that in the New Testament. By the way, this is God's mark, not the mark of the beast. That's right. Yes. It's God's mark. And in Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, it says, I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Mm. See that? That's before the tribulation period. Yes. Now, some believe that the ones that were sealed were the 144,000 were, were 12 the 12 tribes times 12,000 12, 12, 12, per tribe. I'm going to show you in a minute why that I don't believe that could be possibly literal. Uh, I'll show you that in a minute. But what I'm going to say now is if you say that Christians won't go through wrath because, you know, they're raptured out of here, then let me ask you this. If it is the Jews, the end-time Jews, the remnant of 144,000, if, if they are the ones sealed, does that mean they went through wrath? Does that mean mm. they went through wrath? Mm. So... We can't go through wrath because he loves us so much, but they can go through wrath. Yeah, what, come on. What position? And what about the Gentiles that come to Christ through their witness? What about the Gentiles that come to Christ through their witness? Do, do they have to go through wrath? My, my, they weren't my. sealed. Yes. They weren't sealed. Yes. So what is all this about we, we can't go through wrath? No, God puts a seal on his children. I believe... Yes. And I'll show you why next segment. But I believe that the 144,000 is a symbol of the church. And I believe I can make a very strong sure. case for that. So get your Bible if you're yes. going, uh-uh, no way. Huh? I'm going to make a case for that. But, well, but uh, well, can you hold that? Because I'm out of time for this segment. Oh, you so, are? Yeah, we, it goes fast, doesn't it? <laughs> I know you. And your lips right, will I'll just quiver. I'll quiver. finish up. You'll this. finish. My listening friend, here's the deal. God's given each, you know, to everyone, he's given a measure, the measure of faith. So Clayton is so faithful in taking the measure that God has given him, and he's presenting that to you, and you have to just take his the measure that God's given him and say, you know what, this man has blessed me remarkably. But you, but the thing is, you can't just take, well, Clayton told me, Lord. You have to say, Clayton so told me these things, and then I have to study myself as well. And one of the things that happened is the Scripture talks about iron sharpening iron, and we're still in a position that uh, God uh, has each one of us still looking through the glass darkly. So as God takes us and he hews us together, all of a sudden the revelation is there and Holy Spirit goes, now you're acting like my church. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden the revelations happen mm-hmm. and his church is one and the enemy is vanquished. Right. We're going to talk more about these things when Clayton Ford and I, no, we're out of time on this segment. We'll do a commercial break and we'll come back and uh, pay this off and other things as well with Clayton Ford and me. Be right, All right. back. All right. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it at 866 577 2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K Praise. 
Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Wherever that music is, I feel like I need to sing a song. If uh, Clayton's daughter was here, uh, Hannah Ford, she and I would be singing a part of that because his daughter is Hannah Ford, one of the Hannah Ford, uh, mm. D'Alessandro. De- she's one of the most remarkable worship leaders in, in San Diego County and beyond. So, Amen. hi, Hannah Ford D'Alessandro. De- how are you doing? I know she's listening. And hey, so, yeah. so, Clayton, we've got a kind of a pivotal, uh, enthralling topic here. and We've got two segments to, to bring this to a crescendo. And uh, <laughs> you, you opened... The latter segments talking about 144,000. You know, mm-hmm. I, as an eschatological teacher, but also a student in that area, that brightens my eyes because there are so many different things that could be tied to this. So I'm going to hand the baton back to you okay. to help excavate this. And the bottom line is uh, Clayton wants to show you in Scripture that God's church is going to go through tribulation times so that we can do great and mighty works on his behalf to prepare for his second coming, which happens at the close of the tribulation time. So th- there you go. By the way, my friend, let me give you his website one more time, claytonford.net, and you can find out more about that, dig into Thank some you, of these Kaz. things. That has uh, all 10 posts I recently put on Facebook, and I'd never done that before. I'd never written those things before. So I think you'll uh, find that uh, helpful. All 10 of them are on my claytonford.net. Jump on in, Clayton Ford. Okay. So I wanted to finish up the Revelation 3.10 uh, that, you know, that's often used. And, and I want to just wrap that up, that God seals his people. Yes. In Old Testament, Ezekiel 9, and New Testament, Revelation chapter 7. And, you know, I'd never thought about Romans chapter 8 as an end times mm. word, you know. But it says, Paul says, can, can anything... Separate, separate us, us. Oh. from the love of God. <laughs> he said, can tribulation, mm-hmm. nakedness, peril, sword, famine, you know, Ooh. what's happening in the tribulation, oh, all those kinds of yeah. things. Can tri- ha- some of that's happening right now. <laughs> that's right. Can anything separate you? No. Neither life nor death nor angels or principalities, things present or things to come. Nothing can separate oh, you my. from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, Nothing's going to separate us. That's good. Um, I'm going to make a case why I believe that the 144,000 represent the church. Represent the church. Now, let's look at Revelation chapter 7. You know, it says, after this, of four angels, I saw another angel coming having the seal of God, and he called out in a loud voice, given power to harm the land, the sea. Do not harm the land, the sea, or the trees till we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Mm -hmm. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Then it names Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Then he says, after this, I looked. So he heard what? He heard, he heard 12 tribes. He heard 144,000 
of the 12 tribes. Then he says, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, Mm -hmm. tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So, verse 13, these are, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation, verse 14. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they're before the throne of God and serve him night and day. Never again will they hunger, never again thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, for the Lamb, nor the scorching heat. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, let me ask you, which is the raptured church there? Is it the multitudes from every tongue and tribe and nation that have just been through starvation and Mm. dying of thirst and suffering greatly and weeping? Are you going to tell me those are the raptured ones? Or are those the ones that went through the great tribulation from every tongue and tribe and nation? So you're saying, if, if you're supposing they're taken out before the tribulation, who are these guys? Yes. Now, here's my case. Here's my case, and you consider this, and prayerfully consider it from the Scriptures. Again, we see a lot of symbols in the book of Revelation. 144,000, 12 tribes, uh, 12,000 per tribe. Uh, later on in the book of Revelation, where is it? Revelation 21, I think, where it talks about the dimensions of the new Jerusalem yes. coming out uh-huh. from heaven. It's got the 12, it's got the 12 Gate walls, the gates, names and, of apostles, yeah. names of the uh, tribes, and then it's got uh, 144 stadia or something, the measurements. Sure. That's a symbolic number, the 12. Um, Revelation is full of numbers and symbols that, you know, Jesus has a, has a sword coming out of his mouth. That's mm-hmm. not a literal thing. That's a symbolic. That's what apocalyptic literature is about. The, these beasts with uh, horns and, and heads represent, they're symbolized mm-hmm. uh, realities on the earth or spiritual things. So 144,000, here's my case for you, Okay. Look in Revelation chapter 5 and and watch this pattern. John the Apostle is weeping because no one is found worthy to open the scroll. And then he hears a voice, don't weep. The Mm -hmm. lion of the tribe of Judah, he is worthy. So the Bible says he heard, lion of the tribe of Judah. He looked and what did he see? I saw a lamb as if it had been slain. And with his blood, purchased people from every tongue and tribe and nation. He heard lion of tribe of Judah. He looked and he saw Jesus. The lion is the lamb. Yes. Now here in the book of Revelation chapter 7, he heard 12,000 from every tongue. I mean 12,000 from every tribe. tribe. That's not a literal list of the tribes because the tribe of Dan is left out. Joseph is mentioned along with his son Manasseh, Manasseh but not Ephraim. So that's not that's not literal. Well, and plus the B- Levi's included there, and, and he's not. Back he in, didn't get the property back in the, right. in the Old Testament. So any any in my opinion, any attempt to to 
say why Dan doesn't belong in that list is speculation. The Bible doesn't say. It just gives you this list. But listen, he heard 144,000. He saw people from every tongue and tribe and nation who had just come out of the Great Tribulation, who were going through the Great Tribulation. He heard 144,000 were sealed. Why were they sealed? Because they were going through the Great Tribulation. If you read that description of those who were supposedly raptured, people from every tongue and tribe and nation, they, their description is far more like those who have been through the tribulation, and now there'll be no more tears. Yes, or sorrow. No more sorrow, yes. no more suffering, no more pain. You know, other reasons why, why the 144,000, the uh, God doesn't go backwards. When, when do you, he went centuries to put together the Jews and the Gentiles. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, through the cross, he made the two into one. Yep. God has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. And we're now one body, Jews and Gentiles together. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians 3, not only was that to, to show the, um, to, to the world the witness, it says God demonstrated his manifold witness to the powers and principalities yes. in the heavenly realm. That was his exhibit a of what he could do, yes. bringing God's people together, Jews and Gentiles, God graciously including Gentiles with his chosen people, the Jews, one new body. One new man. So I love tell it. me why he would separate them for the end times in the book of Revelation. It mm-hmm. makes no sense. <laughs> no uh-huh. sense. I'm not done yet. Commercials can wait. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh this is a call for the endurance of the saints. This is a call for the endurance of the saints. You have that in Revelation 13.10 and Revelation 14.12. Who are the saints? They're called saints. They're called the kingdom. John the Apostle says in the first chapter, I'm your partner in patient endurance. Yes and all that we're going through together. The whole book of Revelation was written to prepare them to endure, not to escape. That's right. Why in the world would all those chapters about, this is a call for the endurance of the saints, you can't buy or sell without the mark of the beast, all these things, this is a warning uh, for the endurance of the saints, those who love Jesus. That's right. Ooh. What what are we talking about when we try to say, we're not there anymore? Of course we're there. Come of on. course we're there. We need to be ready, brothers and sisters, Come whatever on. comes, That's whatever right. comes. Clayton Ford, you are awe-inspiring. I can tell you that right now. Remarkable insights. We're gonna, we're gonna, we need to spe- spend the entire last segment summarizing these things, tying it up so people can comprehend it. And uh, uh, we've got to take a commercial break now, but we have one more segment. And if you thought these were power-packed, just wait till we come right back. And we will. Be right back. Should the Lord tarry. <laughs> More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And indeed, I am back, and I am back with Clayton Ford. By the way, you can look him up on ClaytonFord.net, and you can find a lot of the stuff we've been talking about 
on ClaytonFord.net because you're going to want to dig into this. And, uh, you know, the bottom line of what we're talking about today is, is it likely? And we've proven it's very likely. In fact, it's proven uh, using the the uh, doctrine test about going through the tribulation because God has a plan for when he comes back to not only come back for Y-O-U, but all of his kids. So wrap this together and summary format, uh, Clayton Ford, because people have been inundated by stuff. I want you to put a ribbon around it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry if we've gone really fast, but uh, you can get all 10 articles that will cover what we've talked about today on my blog, ClaytonFord.net. But just speaking personally, this is not this is not about trying to win a theological debate. As as I've told Kaz and others, I wouldn't mind at all if I were wrong. I'd be the first one <laughs> to apologize and say hallelujah on the way up. However, you but but you would be in in you know, when you're face-to-face with God, he goes, I gave you stuff. How come you didn't share it? So that's Ooh. the big thing that this weighs on my heart and mm. yours as well. So if he gives you stuff, you have to get it, you know, conscientiously out there and say, right. but mm. you have studied to show yourself approved under God. But here, right. here's some stuff that you need to consider. So thus, Clayton Ford is on this show right now. Kaz, I, I have tried to stay laser-focused on this one <laughs> issue the rapture takes place at the second coming of yes. Christ. My reason for zeroing in on this is I believe that the followers of Jesus need to be prepared spiritually, mentally, yeah, emotionally, yeah, every way, every way for what <laughs> lies ahead. I'm not making predictions or proclamations about whether or not we're entering the period Jesus described as the great tribulation, but I tell you what, there are enough indicators. Mm that they, they should call as a, serve as a wake-up call and jolt us yes. into taking Christ seriously. Are, are the roots of our faith in Christ deep enough to see us through to the end, whatever happens? Come on. You know, you look at all that's going on. Someone, someone wrote, and, and that's my heart, that's my heart, whether this is it or not. You know what my real heart is? I hope this is not the inner of the of the uh, great tribulation. I really want there to be an, a huge, massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit before before those days of darkness. It could happen simultaneously, where the enemy mm-hmm. comes in like a flood in darkness, and the light of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, sweeping the nations. My prayer is for revival to hit every nation on this earth, every nation on this earth. And I share these things not to make people afraid, but be, to to wake us up out of being lulled uh, spiritually, lulled because these are not normal days that we're living in. That's right. You know, someone wrote to me uh, as I began a series that I wrote on, wrote about this, and they said my position was quote not comforting and quote <laughs> dangerously misleading. Hmm. I hope by by now you see that my. My teachings are not misleading, but firmly established, responsibly grounded in the scriptures. I haven't quoted any other source, have I? I don't think so. Not a single source Mm -hmm. except the Bible and what it teaches explicitly. You know, this is not about truth. You know, to, to say that it's not comforting seems to infer that truth is somehow determined by By whether or not something is comforting. Yeah. 
And that in itself is dangerously misleading. Oh, it is. That is, my goal is to provide, not to provide false hope by sidestepping or misinterpreting or redefining the scriptures until our desire for comfort is satisfied. Hmm. But God's people need the truth. They want the truth. They yeah. deserve the truth. My goal is by God's grace to teach the truth. And here's truth. God's purpose isn't to make us comfortable. Right. His purpose is to make us like Jesus. That's right. That we will be conformed to the image of his son, Romans eight twenty eight, and that we will be worthy and effective ambassadors for Christ, reaching the lost for whom he died and rose again. You know, Jesus and most of his apostles experienced horrendous suffering and persecution, and most, many, died as martyrs. He warned his disciples that we would be hated by all nations, and many would be put to death for their faith. These things have happened throughout history, and look around the world now. Look at Nigeria, where yes. people are being killed. Yes, Iran. Iran. Uh, and China, North, North Korea. China and South, is being, South, yes. if, if, you're, if you're poor and need government help, you have to renounce Christ now mm. to get government help mm. in China. And uh, they have a picture of their current ruler in the pulpits, along with Mao Zedong, as I understand it. Our, our comfort as Christians isn't to be construed as easy, comfortable lives. Of course, we'd be crazy to want to go through the tribulation, I think. Uh, but our comfort is in knowing that God is with us. His presence is in our lives. It's his loving reassurance that he'll see us through to the end and bring us through the curtain of death to see him face to face no matter what happens if we hold on and persevere and endure by his grace, yes. by his grace. We long to hear those words, don't we, Kaz? Well oh, done, we do. good and faithful yes. servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Yes. Boy. Putting our trust in Christ, so important in these days. It enables us, you know, there is an escape to putting our trust in Christ. It's not from suffering. In the world, Jesus said, you have tribulation. He said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's not, from, it's not an escape from suffering, but it is an escape from final judgment. Yes, well, that's good. There is a judgment. And the uh, Bible says, how shall we escape? if we neglect such a great salvation. If you're not sure of your standing with Jesus Christ, let me urge you. Let me urge you to take God seriously. Some of you believe in Christ, but you perhaps have strayed in your lifestyle, in your sexual relationships, in some of the doctrines that you think don't apply to you, but they're clearly in the Word. Let me urge you, brothers and sisters, we have to have our roots of faith dug deep. Yes. Now is not the time to straddle the fence and be worldlings. And I'll close with this. Are you a worldling that goes to church? Someone that gets your identity and values from the world? Are you a worldling that goes to church? Or are you a Christian grounded in Christ and in the scriptures and you go to the world. What That's is right. it? Where are you? Right. Are you a worldling that goes to church? Or are you a, an ambassador for Jesus Christ that goes to the world Ooh. with the good news? My, my listening friend, I, I, I'm almost tearing up because Clayton Ford just kind of bared, it, bared his heart right here. And we realize that this is a vital time. We realize that 
there are many people in the body of Christ that are just just going to try to circumvent these things and run from truth to to have complacency because this is the lifestyle oftentimes. But this is not a time for complacency. My friend, this is the time for pursuing Christ and trusting that he will pursue you as well. And when the two come together, it's uh, uh, indefensible from the enemy. So what God wants you to do is to embrace him as he embraces you. We're at a close of this uh, Come Together San Diego broadcast, and I'm so thankful for Clayton Ford to join us. I want to give you his website again and do this after the show because you'll find out a lot of the information you just heard in written form. ClaytonFord.net. My listening friend, Come Together San Diego, our whole heart cry is to come alongside of you and help you be empowered with God has planned for you, but not only for you, through you to change the world. So my world changers, come together San Diego. We'll be back again next week. And Clayton Ford, thank you, brother, for spending time thank with us. Thank you so much for this opportunity. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Love you. Love and you, God love bless you. you, brothers and sisters. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K Praise.